Welcome to the Kiss the Goat Holiday Special, featuring special music performances by the crowd that entertains James Wallace and John Cross and the horde of unstoppable skeletons. And now, here are your hosts, that demonic duo, X and Cootie. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And this is... Kiss the the Goats! Welcome to our first annual holiday special. You know, Christmas holds a special place in our hearts. It makes all my social anxiety come rushing to the forefront, and I spend a lot of time sweating and crying. (laughs) There are usually specials at the liquor stores, and by the gods, we need them. But most of all, it allows us to remember the reason for the season. The solstice. That's right, Cootie. In fact, this year's solstice was the longest night ever recorded by science. Oh, science. Is there nothing you can't do? And our listeners may be wondering, why would a podcast about devil movies even bother celebrating the holidays? Well, the truth is, it's hard to find a Christmas movie that actively involves the devil. A lot of other podcasts are covering Krampus movies or some of the Silent Night, Deadly Night series, but we try to give our audiences something a little different. So for this episode, we have gone to that place where unloved movies go. A terrible place that one might consider to be hell for films. That's right. We've gone to the public domain for the Christmas horror movie that time forgot. Yeah, I wish I could forget it, too. We'll be talking about 1972's Silent Night, Bloody Night, starring Mary Waranoff. We'll also have some musical guests, and Cootie and I will be sharing some special holiday memories with you, our beloved acolytes. So, peel the wax back off of your beef log... Dip it in some fancy mustard and prepare your mind for the devastation that is the Kiss the Goat Holiday Special. Back after this. Hey, Cherish. It's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's the 40s and some bitches, babe. Yeah! Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy-fartsy films... Does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival! Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how. As raunchy as we can. <laughs> What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast sure is fucking. Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. <laughs> you don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. <laughs> fucking curb stomp a baby for a bacon. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro. Unforgivable. If you could stand all that, Come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. All the cool kids are doing it. Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Howdy, folks. Got blood, violence, freaks of nature. You've come to the right place. My name is Gary and I'm your guide to Cinnamon Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet. All right, calm down, calm down. 
Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters and listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. You're slapped. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Sin Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. And now, a holiday memory from Kiss the Goat. I remember when I was a little kid, maybe five years old, and it was Christmas Eve. My sister and I were very excited, of course, because who doesn't love presents? We heard some footsteps overhead, and they sounded like they were coming from the roof. They were so loud, stomping, and we were convinced that Santa had come at last. Quickly, we shut our eyes, because we knew that if Santa found us awake, we'd be placed on the naughty list. Neither of us wanted that, so we went to sleep. The next morning, I told my mother that I had heard Santa on the roof. Soon after that, I found out that the house I lived in was haunted. And the noise I heard was made by a terrible dark force that would make my life a living hell for years to come, for as long as I lived in that house. A malevolent spirit that hated children and hated women and wanted nothing more than for us to die a screaming death. I also learned soon after that that there was no such thing as Santa. This has been a holiday memory from Kiss the Goat. Oh, that was heartwarming, X. Hey, everybody, let's gather around the fire that burns for all eternity, have some sulfur-infused cocoa. It's time for Satan in the News. so much time focused on Oklahoma City this year, we've completely missed what's going on in Lansing, Michigan. And we can sum it up in one awesome word. Snaketivity. Oh, Michigan. Oh! The Detroit chapter, because why wouldn't there be a Detroit chapter? Delta of the City! Satanic- <laughs> exactly. So the Detroit chapter of the Satanic Temple put up their holiday display on the Michigan Capitol grounds on December 21st, coinciding with the winter solstice. The display, which the temple calls a snake-tivity, features a red and black snake coiled around a Satanic cross. The snake is presenting a book called Revolt of the Angels, and there is a sentence on the cross which reads, The greatest gift is knowledge. Of course, people are a little bit up in arms about having a satanic display literally 200 feet away 
from a traditional Christian nativity scene, but the hue and cry isn't as large as expected. In fact, Republican Senator Rick Jones is a little miffed. And that's about it. He says... They could have put theirs up in July or April or sometime. They didn't need to put it up in the Christmas season. That's okay. We're going to ignore them. I'm not afraid of the snake people. I'm sure that Jesus Christ is not afraid. What if Jesus is afraid of the snake people? <laughs> I would be. I don't know. Oh, shit. Hell? I mean, <laughs> I've watched a lot of old 60s stuff. I think there is a movie called The Snake People, and I was afraid, you know. Um, anyway, Satanic Temple spokesperson Jex Blackmore said the temple is, quote, really pleased to be part of what is perhaps a new holiday tradition at the Capitol. And that's it for the news. Say, speaking of new holiday traditions, regular listeners will remember what X and I were discussing on the last episode of the show. It was during the Ask the Goat segment when Mike Merriman asked if we had ever tried hot buttered rum. I said I hadn't, and since I was already drunk, I said that I would not only try hot buttered rum, but that I would drink it all throughout this episode. And as you can see, well, I guess you can't see, seeing how podcasting is largely an oral medium. Anyway, we have a crock pot here filled with hot buttered rum. It's been simmering all day, and X is about to have his first mug of the stuff. Well, is all the butter melted? It's the last thing I want is a big mouthful of fucking warm, globby, half-melted butter. That'll put you off your eggnog. <laughs> oh, this shit's gotta be better than eggnog. <laughs> Alright, well, let's give it a go. Got a large ceramic mug. I've got a cinnamon stick for the stirring of it. So let's take our first ever drink of this traditional holiday libation, hot buttered rum. It's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus, fuck! What is this? God, it tastes like an oil slick. It's hot buttered rum, honey. Don't you feel celebratory? I feel like I just sucked off a whale. (laughs) So you like it? No, I don't fucking like it. Why would you do this to rum? What did rum ever do to you? Remember, you promised to drink it all the way through the show. Oh, God, did I? It's like getting waterboarded with oatmeal. I mean, of all the fucking things you can make hot and buttered, (laughs) how the fuck did Rom ever enter the equation? Well, while X is pondering his alcoholic fate, (laughs) here's a song from Scotland's own Unstoppable Hordes of Skeletons called Never Go Home for Christmas.
Of too many DJs It's good for your head And bad for your hearing When the music hits Which you flip up a switch The beats are calling The bass is crazy But Take it.
take one. Hey guys, it's Wazell and Z here. Yeah, we're just uh, kicking back in the laser lounge right now, taking a break from uh, what we normally do to tell you all about our show, Banana Laser. Uh, we're just here for sick fucks like ourselves that love horror movie and just, yeah, fuck! The Banana Laser podcast, it's uh, everything. <laughs> 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 oh, why? And, um, you know, it's for sick fucks like ourselves. <laughs> so if you like salty commentary... <laughs> And skewed views. Foul mouth skewed views. And look, uh, we're terrible at this. I'm fucked up, dude. We're terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, forget it. Fuck it. Uh, you can find Banana Laser at horophilia.com. Check us out on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, Banana Laser Show. Look us up on YouTube, Banana Lasers, everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Look us up so you can join us. My name is Mike. You may know me from the Evil Episodes podcast, where we talk about all that's good and bad on horror television. But I watch a lot of movies, too, and you can hear me and my panel of guests talk about these on the Not So Evil Episodes sidecast. My name is Doug. You may know me from the No Budget Nightmares podcast. Every month, we choose a theme that allows us to talk about some movies that don't always get the love or seething hatred they deserve. My name is Iris. You may know me from the Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts podcast. Whether we're defending a movie we love or ripping apart a movie we hate, you can always expect some spirited and passionate discussion about movies on the Not So Eagle episode podcast. My name is X. You may know me from the Kiss the Goat podcast. Join us once a month for unpredictable, not safe for work discussion about some of the best and worst movies ever made. There's not often a fight, but sometimes there is. That's a not so evil episode. Sidecast turning movies inside out for your listening pleasure. You can find us on the Horror Philly Network, the Legion Network, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. And now. A holiday memory from Kiss the Goat. When I was a kid, we always had a great time on Christmas. So many people were celebrating the holiday the wrong way. So we would drive through the subdivisions and peer through the windows of people opening gifts on Christmas morning. Sometimes we would stop, get out of the car, and burst into the living rooms of various houses. Now, it did frighten the people who lived in them, and they would cower in the corner as we yelled at them for bringing Asherah poles into their homes. Christmas trees. You may as well be sacrificing children to Moloch. We would snatch the baby dolls out of the hands of weeping little girls and lovingly explain to them that poor people needed them more. We would grab video games and computer equipment away from entire families and give them to missionaries to help them destroy the indigenous cultures and heritages of entire nations. Those folks who donated their entire Christmas to us ended up thanking us, well, after they dropped the charges. But we felt blessed. And for me, that was what Christmas was all about. This has been a holiday memory. From Kiss the Goat. How do I get this shit out of my mouth? It's coating my tongue like rancid duck fat. <laughs> rancid duck fat? 
just just keep drinking it, love. You'll get used to it, I promise. It's, I shouldn't have to get used to it. It's a drink. I'm not getting fisted. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, here's the trailer for tonight's holiday disaster, Silent Night, Bloody Night. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was left living. His hands. Somebody cut off his hands. Silent Night, Bloody Night, starring Patrick O'Neill and Astrid Heron. Yeah, Butler wasn't kidding. Nobody's lived here for years. Don't laugh at me. I want your ID. Some maniac escaped from Margaretville. Would you like to drive there? Also starring John Carradine. Was the night before Christmas. And all through the house, not a creature was left living. Silent night. X? X, can you talk? My face burns. Right, honey, but can you talk? Yeah, I think so. Okay, because it's movie time now. Right, 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 right. I am a professional. I can do this. <laughs> Fucking hell. Alright, right, right. Silent Night, Bloody Night, 1974. 72. 69? I've seen all three years as the release date for this movie. So, let's just say 20th century. Right. This movie is also known as Night of the Dark Full Moon, which, hello, science, you can't have a dark full moon, you silly twats. Yeah, unless there's an eclipse. Okay, well, that would be night of the momentarily dark full moon, but it comes back full on and everything is just fine. <laughs> right. So this movie was co-written by Jeffrey Convitz, who wrote the bizarre and wonderful devil movie, The Sentinel. Oh, the Sentinel's a fantastic movie. This one is maybe not so fantastic. Yeah, the movie revolves around the Butler estate, an old abandoned home which has finally been put up for sale by the deceased owner's grandson. He deceased in a ridiculous way, too. The old bugger caught on fire and ran outside into the snow. What's odd, though, was, was only the back of his coat was on fire. <laughs> so he could have stopped, dropped, and rolled, or he could have just taken off the coat. But no... <laughs> He screamed and flailed about like a monkey on a trapeze until he got a lung full of flame and went out like a bitch. <laughs> we see this happen in the movie. And seeing is the most important part, apparently, because for the first 15 minutes of the film, <laughs> there is no dialogue. None. Nobody says a fucking word to each other, but there is a shit ton of voiceover work. 
Right, we get a voiceover from Mary Warrenoff, and we don't even know what characters she plays. One last time, I have to see this ground. It's beautiful now, as if nothing had happened here. Soon they will tear down the main house, and then nothing will be left. Nothing. Except what I remember. I grew up in the town nearby, where my father was the mayor, and where this house stood waiting for me. It was built by Wilfred Butler. We had never seen him, and he never lived at home. Until the day before Christmas in 1950, he finally did come back for the last time. And we see a picture of the elder butler, and he begins talking, and we see a picture of a little girl, and we hear her start making noises. So it's like the pictures are having flashbacks. Like, this is some kind of horrible version of Our Town, which is a fucking awful play when it comes right down to it. Right. Remember in The Hills Have Eyes 2, when the dog had the flashback? It makes precisely that much sense. Maybe less. No further inquiry shall be held over the body of the deceased. And this inquest is officially closed. This rum's, this rum's not so bad once you start feeling it, you know. You know, once it kicks in. So, more for you then? I Yeah, yeah, I think, I think a little bit. Yeah, keep talking. Okay. Well, it's at this point, after all the voiceovers, that we meet the real estate agent played by Patrick O'Neill. Now, Patrick O'Neill is famous for being the guy you think of when you're trying to remember who Patrick McNee is. He rolls into town with a fashion model by his side, looking all snazzy. Definitely out of place in that ah! small town. Fuck! God damn it! <laughs> Fuck! You gonna ah! make it? <laughs> Sorry. No, it's cool. It's alright. I just, I just tripped on the floor. Is all. <laughs> he tripped on the floor. Are you gonna be okay? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't spill anything, so good on me for that. Okay, wait, where are we? <laughs> where the real estate agent meets the town council. Okay, right, wait. Did we talk about the guy that escaped from the asylum? Oh, no, I skipped over that. All right, so there's this great scene. It's a point of view shot of this person running down some steps and whacking people with a fucking gigantic pipe wrench. I mean, like, whacking them in the face, not whacking them off, because, you know, you can't do that with that wrench, you know, it's got traction and whatnot. So, anyway, this person starts hitting people with a spanner, and he steals a car, and he drives off madly. I seem to hear something strange happening. What? Well, for our listeners, it's a bit of a family secret. Hmm. <clears throat> But when X is really in his cups, he starts speaking in a horrible British accent that turns into a terrible Scottish accent. 
By the end of the night, he sounds like Sean Connery with a mouthful of haggis. That's not true. That's a fallacy. See what I mean? You're doing it again. I don't hear it. Really? Can we can talk, continue talking about the film, please? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the guy escapes from the asylum. Snazzy guy is meeting the town council because they're going to sell him the house. It's reverted to being city property. Now, the town council is a, well, it's a little bit eccentric. Uh, the mayor seems like a nice enough guy. The sheriff's all right. And the woman who runs the telephone switchboard, who looks like Aunt B in a Jackie O pillbox hat. And then there's the editor, editor of the newspaper there also. His name's Tolman, and he's <laughs> played by John Kennedy. So this makes the third John Kennedy movie we've covered on this show. That's some kind of record. Yeah, maybe not a good one. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Tolman doesn't speak. Uh, all he does is ring a bell to acknowledge that he's heard you. So it's utterly disconcerting and weird, and Kennedy doesn't utter a word in the entire movie. All right, let's begin. As you know, I've been retained by Jeffrey Butler. The matter concerns the house that he inherited from his grandfather, Wilfred Butler. Go on, Mr. Carter. Well, and that may be for the best. But be that as it may, the council reconnects the phone line at the house because the real estate agent and Twiggy are going to be staying there for the night. It's a kindness for sure because long-distance rates are shitty. Yeah, and the agent and Ivana Humpelot get back to the house. They make themselves at home. And what the girl doesn't know, or maybe she does and doesn't fucking care, is that the real estate agent is married and she's just his little play toy. And she's picked up a delightful dinner from the local deli. And he starts playing old Protestant hymns on the piano for some weird reason. She's, he's like, and he walks with me and he talks with me. I'll get it. It's sexy. I know when I want to be seduced, nothing does it for me quite like the timeless spiritual anthems of John Wesley. Sexy music. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. And he walks with me and he talks. Jesus wants to touch you. Let him in. He's knocking at your back door or something like that. Right. So soon enough, the house seller and his anorexic, faintly accented girlfriend are in bed together, ready to knock boots. But sure enough, they're interrupted by someone with an axe. And they're screaming and whapping and action and bleeding and crying and slow motioning and dying and editing. And before you know it, Fucking everyone's dead, except the killer who remains a mysterious bad guy. He's a mysterious bad guy who likes to make mysterious phone calls. He calls the sheriff. He calls Tess, the communications director. And soon the house is the center of bad attention. Now, Tess has been listening to all these menacing phone calls, including one directly to her, which tells her to come to the old house. And the killer identifies himself as Marianne. <laughs> Mr. Butler, are you done? Yes. I have come to 
What's that? Tess, I want to see you again. Hello? Who is this? Marianne, apparently it's got some serious thyroid problems because she sounds like a man. <laughs> well, maybe her middle name is Lola. Your face's middle name is Lola. <sighs> well, you know Tess is doomed. Change her name from Tess to Toast. Seriously, she gets pummeled in the head with the candlestick repeatedly before finally giving up. It's like Clue. Exactly. And then the sheriff shows up, and instead of doing his job and investigating the crime scene, he just wanders about the grounds for a bit. I guess it's a good thing he does, because he discovers that old man Butler's grave has been decimated. Uh, decorated. Um, fuck, denigrated. You mean desecrated? Yes, have some. <laughs> so the sheriff, of course, is also a dead duck, and he winds up getting cranged in the head with a shovel and pushed into the open grave. Uh, the plot thickens. Mm -hmm. The next person to respond to one of Merriman's phone calls is the mayor. Now, the mayor is Mary Waranov's dad. We've seen her walking around, and we've heard her do some weird voiceover, but this is the first time she actually says any dialogue in the flick. Right, she's driving home, and she sees a guy on the side of the road with a tire iron. He looks suspicious, so she passes him by. But at night, he pulls up in her driveway in the sheriff's car, so she gets a gun out of her desk drawer, tells the guy to come in, and then threatens to kill him. It's half entrapment, half standing your ground. You hear that, Florida? Oh, topical humor. It's okay, <laughs> though. He's the mysterious grandson of the mysterious man who used to own the mysterious house, which is now the scene of a mysterious murder. I don't know why it swallowed the fly. I guess it'll die. <laughs> so first she pulls a gun on him, and then literally two minutes later, she's making him something to eat. Schluck. I guess, yeah, well, it's a small <laughs> town after all. Pickings are slim. Shallow gene pool. Anyway, after a bit, they come to the realization that maybe something weird is going on up at the old butler place, so they decide to make a visit up there. No, they go to the cemetery, because that's where Jeffrey, the mysterious grandson, borrowed the sheriff's car, which means he stole it. The <laughs> sheriff parked, Jeffrey immediately thinks, oh, he must be missing, so he won't mind if I jack his ride. And he goes to visit a girl. What a shit. <laughs> yep. So at the graveyard, they also see that old man Butler's grave is disturbed, and they can't they can't find the sheriff, but they find his glasses. Jinkies! It's a clue. <laughs> so, so they try to go um, find Tolman, who is the newspaper editor, of course, to see if he has any more information. Well, Jeffrey takes him to the mansion to, I don't know, investigate stuff, I guess. And then he gets he goes back to get Mary Warnove's character, uh, Diane. 
Remember, this is the guy who does nothing but ring a tiny bell to communicate. So this is like asking Lassie if the sheriff has fallen down the well. Except that Lassie's eyes are usually in her head, Absolutely. which is something that Tolman can't say because when Jeffrey and Diane show up at the mansion again, someone has stabbed Tolman's eyes out. So Jeffrey does the humane thing and kills him because apparently no one survives being blind. No, it was a mercy killing. Got my fucking movie, didn't it? Yeah. So here's where it gets weird. And here's where I get more rum, because now I need it. I'm like a hot-buttered rum vampire now. Can you get it without killing yourself? I can't kill a vampire. (laughs) All right. Well, while he's refueling, let me tell you about this convoluted bullshit third act, okay? So Jeffrey and Diane find a diary. They start reading it, which means flashbacks, all on scratched-up sepia film stock. And flashbacks mean more voiceovers. More voiceovers! <laughs> Remember when the killer was making calls, telling people he was Marianne? Well, Marianne was old man, I'm on fire in the beginning of the movie, Butler's Daughter. And of course, the old man was having sex. With his daughter. God damn, daughter diddler. Right, so Butler turned his mansion into an asylum. Can you just do that? I mean, don't you have to alert the planning commission or something? Or could I just wake up tomorrow and, like, declare that our apartment's now a shopping mall? <laughs> well, I'm sure that it was a little more complicated than that, honey. Whatever. Well, anyway, poof. What magic his house is an asylum. And he sticks his daughter in there, but not before she pumps out an incest baby and names him Jeffrey. Oh, and this motherfucker gets a lot of business for being in such a small town. Because there are about 40 inmates at this place. I don't know if he advertised in the fucking thrifty nickel or what. He does realize, though, that turning your home into an asylum for the mentally insane and potentially dangerous is a terrible idea. But instead of sending his patients to other asylums, he just sets them free. (laughs) Not only that, he sets them free during a fancy dinner party he's holding for all of the doctors and nurses. It's bad time management, and the party is ruined when the inmates literally take over the asylum and kill all of the doctors and nurses. They take over the asylum, and then they ask themselves, why would we want to be in an asylum? So they leave the asylum and simply just assimilate themselves among the townspeople. A sheriff and the mayor and poor Tess and Mr. Tolman, they're all former inmates of this asylum. Now, how does this happen? I mean, what kind of town is this? Uh, Were you crazy? Did you participate in a mass murder of (laughs) medical professionals? What are you running for mayor? Smashing great idea. (laughs) Speaking of, that's when the mayor shows up at the house. He thinks Jeffrey is the killer, and Jeffrey thinks the mayor is the killer. One of us must die, but the killer won't survive. And they shoot each other. Bang, bang, ha, ha. Here comes the real killer. And it's fucking Marianne. It's not Marianne. Marianne's already fucking dead. All right, you're right. So the inmates killed her, but the killer... Is old man, I survived being on fire because it was a stupid fire anyway, <laughs> Butler. 
Ha! He's taken revenge on the remaining asylum inmates who killed his daughter, even though it was all his fault. Anyway, but in the depths of his heart, he is very strange and maze-like, and the blame is easy to shift. So, Diane takes Jeffrey's gun and shoots the bad guy, which is probably what he wanted anyway, not taking any of the responsibility himself, because he was a pussy, and there ain't nothing worse than a suicide chump. And nobody ever finds the bodies upstairs <laughs> in the bed. You know, the real estate agent and his girlfriend, because to hell with those people, and the movie ends with a fucking bulldozer coming to knock down the house. It's true, no one ever comes looking for those two at all. That's not real Christmassy, is it? Well, I think I saw a tree, and somebody was trying to wrap something. Uh, I think it was a birdcage. There's not a lot of blood either, is there? Well, the axe murder was pretty good, but that was about it. Right, so not so silent. Uh, Too many voiceovers for that. Yeah, not bloody in the way we think of bloody. But then it was night. I definitely saw that it was dark outside. So, that's it. Movie's over. Go home. (laughs) No, no, wait. Don't go home. Keep listening, because here's a song by John Cross and James Wallace, the crowd that entertains, doing their original song, The Crowd's New Jersey Christmas. I guess you just keep in mind that this is a melancholy song. This is Bruce. The lights come down in the stadium. The lights come out. Okay, so I'll start again then, okay? Okay. Let's leave some phlegm on the mic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One. Nobody believes 
Christmas They have written it off this year Just don't mention Christmas To anyone round here A holiday memory from Kiss the Goat. One time for Christmas, I remember that I was homeless and friendless, and I smelled bad, and nobody wanted to hang out with me. And all I got for Christmas that year was kicked out of the Big Lots furniture department that I'd been hiding in for over a month. One time for Christmas, my then-boyfriend bought me some lovely hairbrushes 
but what he didn't know was that I had shaved my legs and sold the hair to buy him a pint of blood. It's funny now. This has been a holiday memory from Kiss the Goat. What drinking game? So fucking show's been a drinking game. Drink with X drinks. Right, but... Besides, what happens in this movie? Nothing happens in this fucking movie. There's no devil. There's no Christmas. There's barely any bloodshed. What are you going to do? Drink every time nothing happens? We'll have our listeners' livers exploding within the first hour. So, get to the mail? Hey, get to the mail! To the mail! Hey, everyone! Hey. Oh, shit, <laughs> sorry. You're lying. <laughs> Fuck! It's alright. It's time for Ask the Goat, where we answer real questions from real listeners with real problems. I send you a love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker! You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker! You receive a love letter from me, you're fucked forever! Actually, very few people ask us for advice. I don't know why. We're kind of good with things like that. Up the irons! Oh, boy. Well, let's go ahead and rummage through the malevolent mailbag. Rummage, rummage, rum. Rum is good. More rum. I swear to God, Mike Merriman, next time I see you, I am kicking your ass for this hot buttered rum thing. Okay, so let's see who draws first blood this time. It's Cindy. Cindy Sin Sin Fallon has assailed us with her questions. The first four are from her. So let's start with this one. What is better for smoking or vaping? Frankincense or myrrh? Gold. Gold. I love gold. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know about smoking or vaping. Both of those are really perfumey kind of resins. But I do know this. Um, apparently, ground myrrh is really good to snort for sinus infections. What? I shit you not. Where did you read that? What? Where did you read that? Oh, I've done it. You've snorted myrrh. I have, and I'm not entirely convinced that that wasn't responsible for the hallucinations I had that winter. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I can't hear you again. Did you say, oh, no, there's a snort. You're trying to breathe. Come on, breathe, breathe. honey, breathe. All right. All right, right, go ahead. Uh, Next question. Is it true that reindeer are only thought to fly after ingesting magical mushrooms? Hmm. I guess I've never heard that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess if a reindeer ingests magical mushrooms and thinks it can fly, uh, maybe it can. But if I ingest mushrooms, it's probably even more likely that I will think that a reindeer can fly. So, I think mushrooms are, are um helpful for Christmas to get through it um, but I don't know about the flying aspect of it right um, right so this is a good one <clears throat> does mistletoe need to be involved for one to kiss the goat no 
Yeah, only if you're like a fucking prude. Come on. Right? I mean, it's a goat. It's beautiful. Loosen up, Francis. Kiss it. Kiss it. Do goats have cl- 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 clitorises? What? That's a question. Do they is have it... like clitorises? Do they have like a pleasure center? Is it clitorises or is it clitori? It might be clitoriluminati. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't either. I've never, I've never looked close enough to tell. Neither have I, but it seems like a kiss is a good start. We should ask Joe Nance that on we the We should, if they've got clitorati. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll do that. All right. All right, last one from Sin. How much vodka did Rudolph drink for his nose to get so red? All About of it. About 20 years worth. Yeah, yeah. all of it is what it did. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, our next question is from Mel Swamp Thing Horner. And he has a movie question for us. He says, where did Dudley Moore get his magic crack that he fed to the reindeer? And if John Lithgow put it into candy, wouldn't it need to be approved by the FDA? All right, first things first, don't trust the FDA. They don't care what they feed you as long as they get paid. There's so much fucking uh, under-the-table uh, payola to the FDA that you could put fucking heroin into you know an Oreo cookie and they would look the other way if you paid them enough. Uh, as far as the magic crack, um, you know, Dudley Moore got the magic crack from Bo Derek's ass in 10. <sighs> no. Yeah, I would say just don't trust Dudley Moore. I mean, you know, the FDA aside. It's... Don't trust magic crack. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you like my magic crack. I do, well, it's because your crack is but, magic, but if, so, yeah. if a stranger comes to you and says, oh, I've got some magic crack, give this to your pet reindeer, don't do it, because there's mm-hmm. probably magic mushrooms in it. And there we go, full right. circle. All right. All right, our next question. Our next question is from Duncan McNeish. Duncan! Hey! I show like you! Fuck! <laughs> no, you don't. Give me that letter. <laughs> All right. Uh, Duncan wants to know, who is your favorite cinematic serial killer and why? Oh. Good question. I've got two. All right. Um, well, I like Jason. I like Jason because he's a stupid lumbering brute who should not even exist. The fact that he exists past part one of that franchise um, <laughs> defies all logic. <laughs> defies all logic, and it's like you know, um, he's it's like he's not real. He shouldn't be real, but if I'm honest, my favorite serial killer is Jigsaw, and from the Saw movies because he didn't even do anything. He just justified everything, so other people did his dirty work for him. He's mm-hmm. like a very sympathetic Charles Manson. So that's why I think I like, that's why I like Jigsaw, and all of his all the Saw movies are great, um, mm-hmm. with the exception of the last one. And I hope they do that one over. I don't want them to do it over. Fuck it. Let it die. But yeah, I'm with you. I love Jigsaw. I also love um, fucking Kevin Spacey from Seven. 
Cause... Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. He was so calm. He was just so like, oh. Yeah, he was so he out of didn't touch. No. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> he is a piece of shit, definitely. All right. <laughs> Here's a letter from Tony Kimball. And he says, It's obvious from the shirts and posters on the wall, X, that you are a Star Wars fan. In that vein, can you each give us a few of your favorite non-horror movies or shows? My question, Tony, is how did you get into our apartment? That's breaking and entering. I have you strung up by your man teats. Hey, he's not the only Star Wars fan around here. All that Darth Vader shit that you see around, that's mine, baby. That's true. She brought all of that into the relationship. Um, all right, non-horror movies or shows. Um, I've given up on American television. I don't watch it. I yeah. don't. I don't watch it. So, um, we love I, Doctor Who. We do love Doctor Who. Um, mm-hmm. we we love. I guess Black Mirror is kind of a horror show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Father Ted, we like a lot. Oh, Father Ted, he is so fucking funny. We love Father Ted. We like um Abfab, and um. Mother, but oh, fucking. Fucking Broadchurch! What David Tennant <laughs> and Olivia Coleman? Jesus Christ! Watched that all the way to the end, and I fucking wanted to just jump off the top of the fucking closest tall building I could find. Fucking devastating! British people, uh, the fucking UK has TV down to a fucking science. Jesus! And I know there's an American remake of Broadchurch called Grace Point. I don't care. Fucking Broadchurch was incredible. <laughs> I'm going to make Cootie watch it just so I can watch her face in the last episode. All right. Oh I'm my for it. God. Oh, Broadchurch. So good. Luther. Luther! With oh, Andrew's yeah. Elba. Oh, my God. Right. So, yeah. Americans can't do shite. We haven't done a good show since fucking uh, X Files. But the British fucking have us all beat <laughs> right so lots of letters this time it's so nice um this one is from joseph nance and he's talking about an old christmas television special that maybe some of you have seen he asks is the life and adventures of santa claus actually a pagan claymation special or did my mother freak out for nothing oh jesus look at it you got oi folk with different colored cabbages on the heads and a very stern, beautiful representation of Kerenos, the great horned god. Your mother was right, Joe. If this isn't pagan, I'll kiss your ass. That's right. That's straight up fucking... That's from the old days is what that is. Anyway, uh, Megan. Megan Maggot wants to know, does the X stand for Xmas? <laughs> oh Jesus! That's a good try, but I'll tell you what, the X stands for exhibitionist. Oh God, please don't! What? I've got what? my balls on the laptop. Put your pants back on. If I could get my testicles to move independently, I'd never stop cutting and pasting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <Next>. <laughs> Megan, he gets like this. He doesn't mean any harm. Honey, put your balls away. They like to swing. Right. So moving on. 
Alan McPherson loves to drop the philosophical questions, <laughs> and we really enjoy answering them. So let's dive into this. <clears throat> he says. When Santa is determining naughty versus nice, is the criteria determined by any sort of oversight body, or does he just make that shit up? Also, since he deals in naughty and niceness as opposed to good and evil, is there any real value of being on either list? Fuck. I think it's bullshit. We're both naughty and nice, Alan. I mean... Come on. Uh, she's right. I mean, as human Not nature, to mention, both of those things are subjective. How do you balance that out? I mean, how do you decide, like, you've been, like, you know, 68% naughty or 60, you know, whatever, nice. I don't think there's... <laughs> it's the problem. I don't think there is an oversight body for that. It's not like he's got to report to the Olympic Commission or anything. Um, so Santa Claus is kind of like... Billy Jack, he's the judge and jury all in one. I think it's kind of like playing the apples to apples. It uh, is. It, just right. you play your card and hope you make Santa chuckle. Right. It's precisely right that. Um, yeah, and if you don't do it right, then, you know, he's... He's... He will... Oh. Mm -hmm. <sighs> hold on, Rob. Um, <laughs> yeah, hold on. She's right. Whatever she said is correct because... Right, closing out this holiday edition of Ask the Goat, Peter Osman wants to know, are Santa and Satan really the same person with a serious split personality disorder? I've always believed in Sybil Claus. Sybil Claus, good one. Oh, you've got like eight different personalities. Um, Santa, Satan, yeah, I mean, they're close. They're sort of red. Santa, yeah. Satan, God, give it a name. Right, right, give it a name, right? So, sure, I can see that happening. Um, you know, Jesus isn't coming to bring us gifts, does he? You don't, like, write to Jesus, bring me a pony, and it doesn't happen. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Well, dear listeners, it is the end of 2014, and this past year has absolutely consisted of 12 months. We started this podcast in July, and this is our 13th episode. Not bad for a couple of beginners, eh? And we have all of you to thank for it, or blame for it, however you want to take it. But I can't tell you how much Cootie and I appreciate all of your support and feedback, how you interact with us on the Facebook group and how you keep making this fun for everyone involved. I mean, I, I could tell you, but but I, pro I probably don't feel so good right now. So how much hot buttered rum did you end up drinking? All of it. <laughs> I drank... I drank the rum. All... All the rum. Oh, God. It started horrible, and it's going to end horrible. All right. So we also want to thank, as always, Jason Lloyd, our gracious host at the Horrorphilia Network. He has helped promote the show and made it, and made sure that people knew about it and listened. It's been great to have that kind of backup, and we're very grateful. Anyway. <clears throat> Easy now. Anyway. Mm -hmm. 
we want to thank our musical guests, right. Unstoppable Hordes of Skeletons, and the crowd that entertains John Cross and James Wallace. You should pick up the new album by John's side project, which is called Miscellaneous Plumbing Fixtures. Fuck. That's hard to say. Um, the record <laughs> is called Catch Up or Don't See If I Care. It's exclusively available on bandcamp.com. Cootie and I will be back next year with more devil movies, devil news, devil eggs, devils in the details. Actually, I believe our first episode of the new year will involve the devil's reign. Fuck yeah! Start the year with Shatner. Good call. Uh-huh. Have you got any New Year's resolutions you'd like to share, Cootie? Oh, fuck that. I don't make them. I've got enough external pressure. Why the hell would I pressure myself? Good point. How about you? Yeah. Don't take drink suggestions from Mike Merriman. That's a fair cop. Hey, why don't you send us your New Year's resolutions? You can leave them in our Facebook group. You know, that thing on the Book of Face. Anyway, it's at facebook.com slash groups slash kiss the goat, or you can send them to our evil email, which is thegoatofmadness at gmail.com. Do we have an email at the face of Bo? We should. (laughs) Right, we'll do that. Uh, Maybe we'll read them on the show. More than likely, we'll read them on the show. Oh, God. We'll read them on the show. Right. So, we hope everyone enjoyed their holidays, and until next year, I'm Cootie. My name is... I'm Cootie. No, your name is X. Hail Santa! Santa. You have been listening to the first annual Kiss the Goat holiday special. From all of us here at Sanctuary 7, I'm Megan Maggot. We'll see you in 2015. to hear your own voice then you have configured Skype correctly. If you hear this message but not your own voice then something is wrong with your audio recordings. Hola. Yarp. Yarp. (laughs) (laughs) Gmail is slow now. It's the very best mail. (laughs) I don't know about that. Because it's Gmail. Gangster mail. I say it's not G spot mail, so I don't know what makes it better. <laughs> Fuck! I hate everything. I like that little shat upon the Mercedes. <laughs> The rain in Spain <laughs> falls mainly on the plain. Oh, well, by George, I think you've got it. <laughs> As we break for intro. Breaking for intro. Breaking for intro. Okay. Getting things together is fun. That's a fun little ditty.
that was fucking going on. Oh, so this that a piece of shit. There's no fucking way around that. <sighs> yeah. No way around that whatsoever. This is possibly the drunkest we've ever been on a podcast together. I think so, yeah. So fucking awesome. I'm not sad. I'm not sad about that at all. And it is recording. Let me grab my drink. I wonder if I can reach it without taking off my headphones. Let's see. Oh, I can. Well, Check that shit out. That's fucking nifty. Huzzah for long courts. No shit, right? <laughs> yeah, that, did, that didn't hurt, did it? I don't think it hurt too much. No, I can hear you. Oh, okay. You know. I'm sitting uh, here, like, fiddling with connections and shit. Like, uh, what's going on? I put the lime in the coconut and... Do you drink them both up? Apparently so, yeah. Sweet. I don't know how I feel about that now, but... <laughs> apparently that happened. It's okay. Nobody has to know. I'm in the coconut, you boom, boom, That's me after, like, half a bottle of the Kraken. <laughs> What do you want to watch on TV, X? I don't know, but I'm the only family guy. <laughs> them little kids from the South Park, them little crack up. Look for Devil Born. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it now. Now. <laughs> Look for it. <laughs> and then post it on our Facebook group. Yes. Give us all the Devil Born. <laughs> what you see. <laughs> are we done yeah we're done on to the next episode no <laughs> oh my god what is wrong with me tonight we're sober is that what it is that's it